Yo, what up? Ryuji here. Welcome back to the Two Rowdy Vegans episode of this week. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to us. And in this episode, we got the continuation of the conversation between Renee and Tommy and Richard and Cindy. Now, for context, if you haven't heard the previous episodes with the rest of this conversation, um, this is a conversation that happened when me, Renee, and Tommy went over to this rancher's home to rescue a cow, a pregnant cow that his wife fell in love with. Now, while we were there, we had this long conversation that I actually wasn't really a part of. I, I filmed the whole conversation, but this conversation is incredible because you see that throughout this conversation, um, the, the rancher, Richard, and his wife, Cindy, opened up tremendously. And this in particular right now is the moment where Richard opens up the most about his past. And actually, Renee also opens up about her past and uh, things get very personal. Now, what's been leading up to this is a lot of sharing stories from the past and ways of thinking and, and things like that. And what has been uncovered so far and what I got out of the conversation so far, at least, is that Richard has been so open-minded this whole time. You can tell that Richard, and, and, and Cindy too, but Cindy was already kind of on the side of Renee, like Cindy called Renee, but Richard didn't really know who Renee and Tommy was, so at first he was skeptical. And he kind of he turns around. You can tell that he's a really good guy. He's really someone who wants to do what's right. Uh, you know, he even said in the previous episode from last week that he feels like a hypocrite being a cattle rancher and being an environmentalist at the same time. Um, and so, uh, you know, the hope is that he will transform. And actually, I just heard from Renee last week that Cindy and Richard just entered the Rancher Advocacy Program, which is incredible. Um, really look forward to working with them. And uh, yeah, so if you're unaware, that's a program that's supporting farmers and ranchers transition out of animal agriculture into plant-based agriculture. Uh, so it's an incredible program. But in any case, this week we get real personal. Hope you enjoy. See you inside. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. 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 Two, two rowdy vegans. One plus one equals two rowdy vegans. Tell your statement about traditions. <laughs> He's got a great statement. Y'all, there's, I alluded this earlier, and when you were telling me it would take forever to tell your story, it would take forever for me to tell you my story. There's two Richard trailers. There's one before this tragedy, and then there's the ones afterwards. And the one before was racist, Jesus freak, hypocrite, um, misogynist. Um, the one after is the one you know, the one you're meeting now. Um... This guy, who's my best friend. Tommy has one of those. Oh, man. It, this is opening up all kinds of wounds That's here. It's okay. It's what we do. Um, he's my age. He's a white guy. He's from Indiana. And he and I used to work together for this company. Well, he's an engineer. He got an engineering degree. He quit and started his own business doing the same thing that we were doing for this company. Well, they got a big lawsuit in there, but he wanted me to come with him. And I said, man, I've been roughnecking all my life. This is the best job I've ever had. I got expense account, company car, you know, insurance, uh, vacation, everything. He goes, well, you're going to figure it out sooner or later. They're, they're top heavy and there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Well, sure enough, a year later, you know, I called him and I went to work for him. And, uh, but he could only pay me cash because of the lawsuit that they had with this company. But anyway, we drove all over the United States to the refineries and chemical plants where we do this online process investigation using radiation. And 
when you're riding that close to people and you're working that close to people, we're driving all over the United States in a van. One of us sleep, one of us driving. You know, after two guys that are the same age that are white share all your sexual conquest in your past, you know, just talking, you start talking about life and politics and what's going on in the world. And, you know, he finally, this is doing the OJ stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I still had that racist thing running through my veins. Yeah. And he'd tell me what a racist pig I was. In those words, I'm not a racist, I'm a realist. I'm a, how often have you heard that oh, from yeah. people? Yeah. I'm a realist. Yeah. He just laughed. He says, you don't understand, Richard. We have racism in Indiana, too. We're not proud of it like you are down here. We don't hand it down from generation to generation like it's some kind of family fucking heirloom. Well, I thought that was funny. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Until... What happened to me is a is a nightmare. Yeah. It's uh, it's you wouldn't you wouldn't get it unless I had to explain it to you chronologically. But it was really an eye opener to what's really going on in the world. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to tell you. Tell you another time. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. You know, because this is I think we're getting pretty tight here. Yeah, I called him from the jail after they convicted me and gave me 10 years, and I was in shock, just literally in shock that the justice system is so unjust. And since then, I've realized that, man, what happened to me is a drop in a bucket. It's compared not to, a justice system. Yeah. So you anyway. got 10 years for what? 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's so bogus. It's so what? ridiculous. It's attempted murder. I didn't attempt to murder nobody. Yeah, but that's what. But I beat up a thief who stole from me. In his house. In our house. And he was this, he was he was their buddy. He was Harris County Deputy Sheriff's buddy. And so they were mad and so they they arrested me for attempted murder and and I took a plea bargain against my better judgment and a few months later after I took this plea bargain, I was in a car wreck and this lady was killed and she was a wife of a Harris County deputy sheriff. But so I'm on a deferred adjudication for <gasps> on paper it looks like I'm the culprit. Attempted murder and this lady, this high-ranking Harris County Deputy Sheriff's wife was killed in this accident. It was a three-vehicle accident. The one that actually, I didn't even touch the lady, but because on paper I looked like a scumbag, they broke it off in my ass and gave me 10 years. I did two years, two weeks, and six days. Oh, wow. You didn't know you were talking next con did you? Well, that's okay. I've been in, you know, I'll tell you. So anyway. I, you know, let me tell you something. That's why I don't drink anymore, because I'm in recovery, and I've spent lots of times in little jails around the world, around the country, not the world, but, you know, and uh, so I, I get it, and the most of the time I ever spent in jail was 20 days. I got out on good behavior. I was supposed to be there 30 days, but, you know, this was all behind drinking, so, you know, but I don't do that anymore. You know, I'm a, you know it's, it's not like, you know, we're talking to, to real people here. This happens all the time. But right? I wasn't drinking. No, but what I'm saying is, 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 is I'm not going to judge you because you spent time in jail. So yeah. I called yeah. Greg from the jail, and he got on the witness stand for me, even though, you know, we were just opposites, you know. And I said, Greg, I'm in shock. I'm just, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm in, I don't know what to say. And he says, and this, <laughs> this is the divider of... Richard, from the beginning to racism, and the Richard you know now, he says, now you know what it's like to be black, don't you? Oh, wow. And, man, it just hit me like a, like a brick in the head, y'all. Oh, man. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, I do. Because they're born cross-threaded with the law, you know? 
because of the color of their skin. Yeah, they are. And man, did I get it. And I've been getting it ever since then, especially when I went to college after I got out and got my degree and everything. And, and wow. that's why these people won't talk to me, because I tell them what racist pigs they are. <laughs> you know? Oh, my people God. People that I used to drink with and hunt with and everything. And, and uh, God, I mean, if, you, this, if, if, this, if you guys... I can see it right now. Y'all change and, you know, your voice is going to be louder than mine ever was. And I hope it is, you know. Well, he wanted to write a book. That's why I went to college was getting some writing skills. If and you then, know, yeah, if you know all the stuff that it took, it was the perfect storm. It, it had to happen. It had to happen in such a chronological order in such a bizarre happenstance of, of, of things that happened to me for it to, to line up like that. It's just amazing to me. I spent day and night while he was incarcerated working on a parole package, talking to everybody and anybody I could talk to to tell them what happened to Richard. Whereas somebody, there are thousands of people who don't have an advocate like that. And I mean, I got everybody behind us. And wow. he was never expected to get out in less than eight years, and I got him out on his first parole. They and said there's just less than one percent make it out happen. on an on an. Mine's technically a a, a, um, a violent offense, you know. Wow. They said less than one percent make it out on first parole, and Cindy says that's fine. <laughs> wow. She says that's fine. He'll be he'll be in there. And that less, and I was. And see, because that's why I always say you just never know what's going to happen if you have enough belief and passion. If you believe 100% that something can happen, the forces come together to make it happen. You don't have to be. I can't believe I'm pouring my guts out to y'all. <laughs> well, but see, this is what this is what I did with. Uh, see, and that's because it's. Well, you're a therapist, so you know. I mean, like I'm in AA, you know, and I go to support groups, and you know, I've been in AA for years. And so when you're sitting in that room and there's other alcoholics talking about their story, then it's like, well, I can open up and tell mine now. Mm-hmm. Because you you're, in a, you're in a group of people where you feel safe to reveal things that, sure. that you keep stuffed down, don't talk about. Because, but those are the very things that may keep you sick. I hate the person that I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I know, I the, do too. The inward slinging, oh, I know. just the, the superior attitude, you know, and it's such an inferiority complex to, to, that you need to look down on somebody to make yourself feel better and bigger. And I, that person that I used to be that needed that, I'm appalled yeah. at who he is and who he oh, was. Oh, I know. And I'm just, and that's, and that's why I, I can't run with these kind of people anymore. They still sling in the N word. Yeah, my they mother will occasionally. That. She don't do it as much as she used to because of me. Because I will flat out tell her. I mean, me and my mother are going round and round. But you know, because because of that very reason, you know, my mother was, my mother was, my mother was date raped. Okay, and I was conceived. And she was 15 years old when I was conceived. And my daddy was very violent. He was a real violent man. And he beat her up all the time. So anyway, I'm telling you this because I've done so much therapy on it. I've done so much work. that. But when I found out that my mother kept me and married my dad that was 29, I was shocked, you know, because... Because we never know who's on the other side of that abortion. Now, this is just me. I am, I am. The reason I don't believe in abortion today is because you're looking at somebody that should have been aborted. And you never know who might change the world. You never know who's on the other side of, of, of that 
whatever it is that they use to abort those babies. You never know. So that's the only reason I don't believe in abortion because of that very, very, very reason. So my mama married my dad and the whole time he was violent for 10 years and then she gets a divorce finally and then, you know, here we are. How long did you think that that was your dad? He is my dad. I know, but I mean your biological dad. He is my dad. That is. That's what she's saying. She married a rapist. Oh my God. I'm yeah. sorry. I see now. I yeah, misunderstood. Yeah. So, and this is why I'm writing the book too. So this is why the story is so freaking incredible. Cause see Kip Anderson. Yes. Kip Anderson, the, the, the producer of Cowspiracy asked me one time, he said, Renee, what kind of person bucks tradition and culture and buys their husband's cows <laughs> and threatens to follow them to the cell barn and buy them all back and bring them home. Who, what kind of woman does that? I said, what do you mean? He said, I want you to think about that. He said, you need to write a book. He said, and when you write it, I'm gonna, I want rights to the film because it's going to be an epic film. And I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, what do you want to know? He said, well, if you were to write a book, he said, the very first paragraph, very first page, you got to pull people in. Mm-hmm. He yep. said, "So, so what would do, what would do that about your what would do that about your life?" And I said, "Well, I, I said, do you want to know about when I went vegan and what happened with Tommy?" He said, "No, no, no. I want to know what, what about you your life. What makes you tick?" And I was like, "Well," he said, "Where would your story start?" I said, "In a graveyard." He was like, "What?" He said, "Okay, you got me. I'm hooked for a minute now." He said, "No, what do you mean?" And I was like, "Well, my." Daddy took my mama, 15 years old. Uh, my daddy was a friends of our friends of their family for years. So somebody she trusted. Somebody she trusted. Somebody she knew as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And he actually, you know, was there when they would play gospel songs at the piano. Her and my aunt Glenda. And my daddy, when he he his first wife Barbara committed suicide. And um, but he buried, she was buried at this cemetery, right? So when my mama was 15, my, my Barbara hadn't been dead very long, a couple months. And my daddy and his friend Bill went over to my grandma's house. And my mother and my Aunt Glenda were sitting at the piano singing some song. And my daddy saw my mother for the first time with all her curves. Mm. Yeah. My, my mother remembered exactly what she had on. I've interviewed my mother over this. And uh, she, my, he wanted to take my mother out. And my, my, mother, my, my mother's mother, my grandma, uh, my, my grandpa's, I even heard to say, um, was, you know, was uh, abusing the girls. He was sexually abusing my Aunt Glenda, which was 11. And my mother was running away from home all the time. She, she hated him, and she, she swears that didn't happen to her, but I don't know for sure. But she promised me it hadn't, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I know is my mother was looking, you know, uh, as a 15-year-old kid, was looking for a way out of there. Right. She went with him, with my dad, mm. and he took her to the graveyard where, I, where Barbara was buried. And his wife, his, his yes, they hadn't been dead wife. but a few months. Just a few months. He is took that her where there. he did it? That's where he did oh, it. Oh, my God. God. Right there. And I was conceived right there. 
We all have some hell, don't we? So, you hear that story, though? So, when I told Kip that story, he was like, you got to tell this story. He said, what kind of person does this? Because I came out fighting. I promise you, with every bit in me, my mother didn't have me for 10 months because I was so scared to come out. I know it. I mean, I really do know because my daddy was beating her every day, even at nine months pregnant. My daddy beat my mother. He was such a violent drunk. And so when I, and he's, he's, he, he beat her in the bathtub. She falls. I wonder I wasn't killed. Is he dead now? He's dead now. He's, he, he is. But, and, and I even made amends with my, me and my dad were close when he died. Really? Yes. Wow. This, After how many DWIs? My daddy had 13 DWIs. Wow. Was he was so a very sick prison. man. And he died in prison? No. no. But, uh, you know, I met him about five six times and he was very nice to me every time except the time that he was drunk and I I just came that close to punching him out but uh, I didn't uh, he, he, he'd he always look at me and you're a Bambi killer oh man yeah yeah, yeah. Well, my dad was a very sick man but he but he was he had a third grade education yeah. my daddy was half Mexican half Spaniard he called himself a half-breed, and he changed his name from Reyes to King when he was like 19 years old, and I never even knew that I had a Spanish heritage, Mexican heritage, until I was like in my late 20s. Wow. And so, you know, we all have a story. Family right? secrets. Yeah, family secrets. And so when we can talk about these out loud, uh, you know, and we can still be okay with who we are, I'm the same way. That's what kind of person does this. I don't do this... You know, I'm not. I don't go around wearing my on my sleeve. No, it, it, something happened a while ago, and I just it came out. You know, that's what the Rancher Advocacy Program really happens. That's what happens. That's why we're going over here to this couple. You know, the same thing happened uh, when they called us, and we started talking, and one thing led to the other. That's the reason I'm on the phone with these people up in Arkansas. You know, I don't. It's, it's nothing to brag about. It's just that because of where I come from. Because nothing shocks me, nothing scares me, absolutely nothing, really, uh, because of where I've been, where I've come from. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can sit in the room and talk to you about anything. And now this, what happened with me and Tommy, uh, it's just everything's kind of come full circle. I got to write my book, too. It's just I just never seem to sit down long enough to... <laughs> I'm going to chapter done in three years. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not easy because no. it dredges it all back up. And it's hard. I mean, and to do it right, you've got to dredge it up. To do it right, to really have people go, oh, my God, i got to turn this next page. you got to go there. You and can't it's make not this easy. shit up. No, no you, you can't. Don't make this shit up. I mean, oh just like God. you were like, well, what about your real dad? I mean, that was my dad. You know, my mama freaking married a rapist. But, you know, and, that, and she never liked it. Isn't that a shame for her? She never she, loved it. She didn't know what else to do. Wow. And she was so young. She, she didn't have so any young. experience. When I was right in the middle of this nightmare, when I didn't think life could get any worse, my little brother, 14 months younger than me, hung himself. Oh. And when, you know, it's just like, wow, man, there's, you know, and you, and you go and you, you're looking for answers. And so, you know, you, I was still on the oh. bubble on, on uh, one of the persons that really broke it off in me was the preacher that married Cindy and I. He was a state representative, Joe Crabb, from uh, Crosby. And he was preaching at this Addicts United Methodist Church for years and years and years. Because we used to live in Copperfield in, in Houston. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, he's going to do this. I'm going to do this. for. I'm like, I can help you here. 
and he didn't realize just how bad Harris County deputy sheriffs wanted me. And when he said, I, call me in a year, you gotta exhaust all your appeals and, and call me. And when I called him in, he wouldn't even talk to me. You know, and this is the eye opener. This is the beginning, because Greg, the guy I told you about this, said, now you know what it's like to be black, don't you? The whole time he's like bona fide atheist. Oh. He's laughing, he's like, you know, trying to not, not change me, but just explaining it to me, you know, here's logic, here's life, here's... And uh, so when my brother hung himself, I went to the Methodist church. We hadn't been living here a few months. We just, we had to get out of Harris County because they were dogging us, they were harassing us, the deputy sheriff. We didn't know the extent. But it turns out they wanted him pretty well dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harris County Deputy Sheriff. I mean, everything. You can imagine. Tell them about the sheriff. The Our sheriff up here. <laughs> he sheriff probably saved, he saved he my saved life. He saved your life. Yeah. It's so, it's wow. so intricate. It's, so, it's such a long story, y'all, that I don't want to spend the whole no, day you talking know, but about it's, myself. But no, it's like so interesting, you know? It really is. I mean. But what lawyer after lawyer after lawyer that not only just took our money and not did what they're supposed to do or what they said actually made it worse you a know worse. you pay for this fucking abuse you know what we I mean? know that we know that feels don't we just there's a reason why there's, there's a reason why there's lawyer jokes oh my god yeah. we me and tommy you know got it stuck to us too and if it wouldn't have been for our foundation i mean this is since we've had a sanctuary we've had so many haters we've had not a lot of haters but we've had some haters People hating on us, you know, and I'm like, you know, just boiling through it no matter what. And Tommy's feeling all terrible because people don't like him. And he don't, you know, he has a real hard time with that because he's such a good, honest person. You tell we all him, like to be liked. He tells you, you, he gives you his word. It means something, you yeah. know. And so yeah. when these people started hating on us, I mean, actual big time lies, big time lies. And so Tommy finally had enough and he wanted to sue him. And so we tried just, to. Just not for money, but. Principal. For the prince, get him to stop. We just wanted, he wanted some recovery over your assets you'd lost. You did want that because they had really, but anyway, the long story short of it is, is they ended up getting high power attorneys and they used the anti-slap law, which tells you you can't violate their first right amendments. Oh man, oh. there's a limit to that. I'm sorry. Oh, let me tell you, there is, but that according, but see the judge all up in animal agriculture. See, and so here we are. Now we know what it feels like yeah. to be on the other end of a judge that has ties to animal ag looking oh, at us. Man. I mean, I'll tell you, it was, we felt it. It's brutal. We felt it. Toot, toot, too rowdy begins. 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 Toot. Two Rowdy Begins, one plus one equals two Rowdy Begins. All right, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Two Rowdy Vegans. We appreciate it so very much. Again, episodes come out every Friday, so make sure you look out for that. You can subscribe to uh, our podcast on iTunes. I think you can subscribe on Spotify, too. I I should probably know that, but... Um, I, I guess I don't really know that, but in any case, we would appreciate that. You can leave us a little rating review that would help us out a lot. So we would appreciate that. If not, that's cool too. In any case, we'll see you next week. Talk to you soon. Peace.